everybody. Welcome to the ProZone. Um, I know this is another relatively quick episode, uh, only a sh- few short days after the uh, second episode, but there's a lot of stuff to cover, so I'm going to be doing a couple episodes this week, I hope, if it all comes down to it. I want to um, uh, get into Into the Fire, and I'm going to be talking about a Paradise Alley uh, local show that I went to, but, you know, there was a lot of professional wrestling on between Friday and Saturday. Um, you know, Friday night was uh, Ring of Honor's final battle. I haven't gotten a chance to fully watch uh, the show yet, so I don't want to comment on it. And Saturday, you know, uh, I attended the Paradise Alley show. There was NWA Into the Fire, which I watched when I got home. But also, uh, Saturday, there was a CZW show and a Bobby Eaton tribute show uh, down, I believe it was in Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. But I did order that, so um, I didn't get a chance to finish watching that. But... Yeah, so I'm not going to comment on it yet. I'm going to do a whole episode on that stuff. And then, you know, uh, Saturday there was also a CZW show, which I did not get to watch yet. I tried finding it online, and no luck as of yet. But, you know, and then Sunday there was a WWE's pay-per-view. Um, I actually stayed home today because I had a sick child, and I got to watch the uh, WWE uh, tables, tables ladders, ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view. I watched a good portion of it, but I, I kind of fell asleep in the middle of it, so I don't want to really want to comment on that either until I fully watch the show. One of the things that I really thought was great um, for uh, National Wrestling Alliance's Into the Fire show was Stu Bennett, um, they're reintroducing the world television title, which I think is a really awesome idea. A lot of fans have really been um, asking for it uh, ever since National Wrestling Alliance debuted their uh, YouTube series. Now, there's a lot to wonder, are they actually getting a television deal, or is it going to be you know, a belt geared towards for them to defend on YouTube. One of the things that I noticed was that um, the side plates where they normally had, like, the network logos, Stu Bennett was actually covering them, so I didn't get to see, unless they're just going to do, you know, where they had, like, ABC, NBC, CBS, stuff like that. Or is it just going to be one of those things where it's just, you know, traditional wrestling kind of design where they do something cool? Another thing that they announced prior to uh, me getting actually into the event was that they're going to be returning to pay-per-view January 24th. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be doing it in the same studio where they did this and all their television shows, or if they're going to be actually venturing out into a different arena. It was a little odd watching a pay-per-view event uh, that's supposed to be a really big event with uh, in, inside a television studio. Uh, I thought the NWA 70th anniversary show did quite well. Um, on fight, but I don't know if that, how it, uh, if they, they did, felt like they did not garner enough interest or what. And before I get any further, I'd like to thank Jason Kelly from the Alliance blog. Uh, while I was watching, I did not take any notes myself, but I did, uh, go to his site and take some notes, uh, garnering the event just because, you know, I didn't want to go back and watch it a second time just yet. But Eli Drake and Ken Anderson, that was a really good match. Uh, Eli Drake took the victory and it, with a roll-up. And I think like one of the things I, I discovered that was really weird about this uh, National Wrestling Alliance uh, power show is that everybody, the fans cheer for everybody, whether they like you, you know, or, or you're a babyface or a heel. So if they like you, they like you, you know. Very few people do they actually boo. Aaron Stevens just so happens to be one of them. Match number two saw uh, Thunder Rosa defeat 
the debuting Tasha Steeles. I've never seen Tasha Steeles before, but uh, this was a really good match. Uh, Thunder Rosa is, is she's gonna be she's a superstar. She really is. Uh, it was just an incredible match. Uh, the question mark defeated Trevor Murdoch. I really expected this to go in a uh, completely different direction. Uh, this whole match on my prediction in the show, Trevor Murdoch. Um, my prediction was that Trevor Murdoch was gonna defeat him, take the mask off, but. Um, question mark was accompanied by Aaron Stevens when he came out. He looked like he was holding a flag. So when he revealed that flag, it was a Mongrovian national flag. And he sang the Mongrovian national anthem, which was uh, basically a bunch of grunts. It was hilarious. It was a very good segment. I loved it. And the, um, the, the flag had a huge question mark on it. So he was uh, representing his nation with a question mark. <laughs> Another match that my prediction was completely off was the Rock and Roll Express retained their tag team titles against the Wild Cards. I expected the Wild Cards to um, take the titles back on this uh, show. I was very, very surprised at this. The Wild Cards actually revealed some new matching gear, which was pretty interesting. I'm kind of happy that because them wearing the different gear was, uh, I don't know, not that it really made that much of a difference, but Vladimir wearing a kilt, it just... I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. And Royce Isaacs has was were his regular trunks velour or something like that. One thing I forgot to mention was that uh, during the Thunder Rosa match or after the Thunder Rosa match, Ashley Vox uh, came out to attack her and she ended up, you know, getting injured. Ashley Vox did, so she got taken out of the match. This next match, I'm about to mention the women's tag team match. So it ended up being uh, Molina and Marty Bell taking on Allison Kay and a mystery partner. They thought oh, you know, they had no clue if, uh, who was going to show up, and all of a sudden music hits, and guess who it is? ODB. Now, that was pretty exciting. The crowd really went nuts for that. It was, it was awesome. Um, the NWA National Championship match. Now, on Twitter, this was discussed between me and a couple of buddies of mine, and I agree with it. Three-way matches should just not be a thing. It really shouldn't. Three ways, four ways, five ways, six ways, anything. It's just it's aggravating to watch. It's too chaotic. I get that's what uh, the kids probably are into these days, but I'm definitely not. Aaron Stevens uh, defeated Colt Cabana and Ricky Starks to become the new national heavyweight champion. It was a really good match. It was like I said, I just I don't like the chaos between a multi-way match. It was it was good. And I, um, I don't understand what the heck is up with Colt Cabana. Now he's an two-time NWA national champion. And, you know, similar, like, he just seems to be like the tradi transitional champion. Transitional champion. He won it, you know, from Willie Mack only to lose it uh, before. And then he won it, you know, coming back into the uh, when power went on. So I don't know exactly what's up with that. If he's just kind of being a company guy, being a good hand or what. But it's just kind of bizarre to me. So, I, I mean, I think Cabana is, though he has his comedic uh, style of wrestling, he's actually quite the grappler. He's a really, really great wrestler. In the NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Well, as much as I said that I wouldn't mind seeing James Storm win, and that I thought it was would be cool if he did, I really didn't know that, uh, you know, believe that Nick Aldis was going to walk away the champion. I expected, you know, during the second fall, or the third fall, rather, then maybe Tim Storm would turn heel. Neither happened, which is just crazy. And Nick Aldis from retained the title in the best two out of three falls match.
this match was seriously, it was a main event. It was definitely main event quality. It went for about a good, uh, I had to go probably longer than a half hour, maybe 45 minutes. But the um, James Storm, that guy is such a fantastic wrestler. He really honestly is. And probably one of the most underrated wrestlers that just does not get enough uh, recognition, to be honest with you. And then um, after the third fall, and all this is sitting there kind of celebrating. The While all this is uh, celebrating in the ring, after the match, uh, music hits. And guess what? It's none other than Martyr's Girl, which is a complete surprise. I kind of popped when I uh, saw this. It's pretty interesting because there was rumors going around for months that he was joining AEW once his Ring of Honor career uh, or contract was up. But that didn't happen, which I just thought was weird. Maybe, you know, he's only going to be making a few appearances here or whatever. But I think it's very interesting that he showed up. And now I'm assuming that that's going to be the uh, the main event for um, the next pay-per-view. January 24th. Now, I can't wait to, to see this. This week, actually, uh, the, tomorrow, Tuesday, um, the new NWA Power returns, and I'm very, very excited for this. Now, I get to sit down on Tuesday evenings when I get home from work and watch NWA Power. Alright, also on Saturday, I attended a live indie show by Paradise Alley Professional Wrestling. Now, this show is a promotion I truly enjoy. I go to their shows basically uh, two to three times a month. They run a uh, shows Friday nights, usually for $5, um, in their school, and then usually one bigger show in, in some sort of hall. Um, this one actually was in the uh, New Haven Annex, which I've attended um, one of their shows there before, and I've gone to record conventions there before. It's a really nice little building. It fits a few hundred people. It was really good, and it ended up being a really good show. Now, pardon me because I'm reading my notes off of paper for this one because I actually wrote them down. Um, you know, um, for the United States Championship, Bloodsaw defeated Rick Recon, which, you know, Bloodsaw has held that title. To my knowledge, I've been going to the shows almost two years. He's been that champion since, and I haven't seen anybody else <laughs> take that. In a four-way match, Elijah Six defeated Jiggy Sosa, Flash Waller and Adrian Santos. Adrian Santos, the Ecuadorian Nightmare. I think this guy's got a future in professional wrestling. I noticed that he's getting on some uh, CZW shows here and there at the dojo. He's just a true brutalizer out there when he's going, and he, and he, and he works stiff. For the Paradise Alley Intercontinental Belt, champion Aladdin lost to Bold Dread via pinfall, and so we have a new champion in the hardcore icon, Bold Dread. That's correct. New PAPW Intercontinental Champion. The Red Lion, Chris Battle, defeated da Danny Adam. The Toxic Terror. While I was at the show, I actually bought a Danny Adam t-shirt, and it's really awesome. Super nice dude, too, man. Nutrius X defeated the Great Nuka. Nuka reminds me of the Great Muda. Um, right down the face paint, the baggy uh, pants. He's got a kick-ass... Uh, handspring elbow. Jay Haven defeated Zafar Al-Rahihi. Um, basically, Collusion was trying to interfere, and Maxim Morozov was trying to get involved. And then, while the ref's back was turned, the Sarge came out, Sergeant Murray came out, and took out Zafar and, Jay, and threw Jay Haven on, on top of him for the pin. Smooth block, mon block, 
Blackman, excuse me, <laughs> defeated Zachariah Gibbs. Um, now I know the Zachariah Gibbs, and I assume that this was uh, true, basically, because I know that he was blowing out a lot of his merchandise dirt cheap, trying to get rid of it. I was like, is he either retiring or is he changing his gimmick? Now the Amish man is apparently changing his gimmick. I got it from a very reliable source inside Paradise Alley. It's good. He's a good kid. He's improved a lot. And uh, with the exception of missing one of the ropes when he went up for a uh, corkscrew this past uh, this match. But this match, honestly, anytime Smooth Blackman is in the ring, that guy can deliver. He's a House of Glory uh, original guy. So he's really good over there. For the world title, the Paradise Alley Championship, Matias DiNapoli defeated Sebastian Cage. This match was really, honestly, this was all over the place. This was such a great match. That guy, Matias, he could really, really work. Sebastian Cage has been around also for a very long time, so they put on quite the uh, exciting match. And after the match, Matias defeated him, and after the match, a strange video came up on the screen and you know while they were all distracted you know uh somebody came running through the crowd from the back and attacked matias and took him out and it turned out to be vlad and he's basically sick of everything and wants to take the paradise alley world championship other than that i don't really have much else to say about it about the show it was a pretty good show it was um it was produced really well those guys over there at paradise alley they really know what they're doing if you don't know who they are it's you know it's paul roma mario mancini from and paul perez they used all of them have worked with uh, wwf in the 80s and 90s and roma went on to be <clears throat> excuse me a horseman and a world tag team champion in w wcw on two occasions once with arn anderson and once with Paul Orndorff. I always uh, thought Orndorff was a terrific, excuse me, I know, I know Orndorff was a terrific worker, but I know I always thought Roma was a great worker, and you know, I don't think that guy ever, ever had enough recognition, uh, no matter where he went. When he went to WCW, he got more recognition, I think, that he, than he did in WC, uh, WWE, but you know, being uh, part of the Horseman and getting the tag team titles on two occasions, you know, he was, he was a great wrestler, and he has a lot of great students at the Paradise Alley School and uh, Mario. So, if you're ever in the New Haven area of Connecticut, I highly recommend that you check that show out. Check a show out. They're usually, like I said, Friday nights, uh, alley fights are $5. Once in a while, they'll have um, another show here and there. Uh, once a month, usually at like a bigger venue, like such as the Annex, or they used to run them at like the ice skating rink or whatever, but I guess they're looking for other venues too. They just, uh, from what I heard, that they just um, confirmed an event for July 2020 in Brockton, Massachusetts. I don't know where, uh, but I, they mentioned that on the pod. Mario uh, mentioned it on his podcast. Uh, if you ever check that out, the Chaos, Mario and Chaos podcast. It's a really good show. Those two dudes are hilarious. Uh, Big Daddy and Mario Mancini. That's all I got to say about those uh, two shows over the weekend. I got a lot more I have to cover for the weekend. I still haven't caught up with everything. The Ring of Honor show, the CZW show, the Bobby Eaton show, uh, the WWE pay-per-view I'm going to try to get to. Now, I also know that i got to watch uh, this weekend's championship wrestling from Hollywood and uh, SWA out of Texas. Their show just came up on Fight, and I haven't watched that yet. And I know Tuesday is uh, you know NWA Power, AEW Dark. And um, there's one more. I'm missing it here. 
uh, Championship Wrestling from Arizona will be on fight as well. That's always a show to look forward to. If you, you know, make sure you get out there and support independent wrestling. It's the most important thing out there because without those guys, you wouldn't have the bigger guys up ahead, up on top. Because that's where they all began, is at the bottom. As in independent wrestlers, I don't want to say the bottom. But I highly recommend go out, support your local promotions. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Alright folks, I hate to bring you even more bad news, but uh, I have to report on another passing in the professional wrestling world. Last week I reported on uh, Rene Goulet's passing, but while I was at the Paradise Alley show, I got word that Randy Colley, a.k.a. Moondog Rex, uh, had passed away earlier that evening. It's, uh, Randy Colley was also the original Smash and Demolition. Uh, Colley competed in the World Wrestling Federation, debuting under the name Ripper Hawkins. Within a few weeks, he was repackaged as Moondog Hawkins, Soon after that, being named Moondog Rex. Eventually, he was re he was teamed with Moondog King as the Moondogs tag team. In 1981, he won the WWF World Tag Team Championships with Moondog King, later replaced by Moondog Spot as the Moondogs. In 1984, Kali had a WWF title shot against Hulk Hogan on the Canadian television tapings that aired both Maple Leaf Wrestling and All-Star Wrestling. I actually saw that match uh, about a week ago, actually, coincidentally. In January 1987, in Springfield, Massachusetts, Collie was repackaged as Smash in the new tag team of Demolition, facing and defeating the Islanders. The following day in East Rutherford, New Jersey, he made his televised debut at WWF Superstars TV taping. Despite having his hair trimmed, his beard shaved off, and wearing face paint, fans almost immediately recognized him and began chanting Moondog when he entered the ring. Following a third appearance, this time at a World Wrestling Federation Wrestling Challenge taping, he was replaced by Barry Darso. He later formed a masked team known as the Shadows with partner Jose Luis Rivera. They were primarily used in uh, preliminary matches, enhancement talent, jobbers, if you will. But then soon after, the duo banded, and Kali then left the company. In 1988, uh, Kali appeared in the Continental Area, wrestling as Detroit De Demolition, feuding with the Fabulous Ones. Um, he ended up, he was able to use this gimmick because actually he was creator of the gimmick between him and Bill Eady. Uh, he ended up going back to the Mundo Grex gimmick and joining WCW. I saw a, uh, I remember as a kid I was watching him and Barry Horowitz team up and they were, as they were feuding with uh, Tommy Rich and I believe Ricky Morton possibly in a match. They were, they were setting up this whole like two or three week uh, angle and all of a sudden as uh, very popular with WCW at the time, it fizzled out before without any recognition. <laughs> in May 1991. WCW created a stable known as the Desperados, consisting of Dutch Mantel, Black Bart, 
and Collie, who played uh, Deadeye Dick. The Desperados were, uh, were packaged with the gimmick of being three bumbling cowboys looking to meet Stan Hansen to go to WCW and become a team. Over the course of a few weeks, they were promoted through a series of vignettes in which they were beaten up in saloons, searched ghost towns, and jailed. And rode horses. <laughs> Hansen reportedly wanted nothing to do with the storyline and left for Japan, never to return to wrestling in North America. Without Hansen, the group was dissolved as a stable, almost immediately, never appearing on television other than their vignettes. Now, that was it for Randy Colley in the mainstream wrestling uh, world. So, I'd like to take this time to say goodbye and rest in peace to a fantastic wrestler. This guy was an amazing talent in the ring, a great brawler. So, rest in peace. Randy Colley, Mundo Grex, original Demolition Smash. Vince, of course, was looking for a team similar to the LOD or Road Warriors. And um, he had approached uh, Randy first with the idea. And I was going back and forth to Japan, so I really wasn't uh, thinking about being in there all the time. So Randy had approached me and asked if I'd be interested. And I said, yeah, it sounds interesting. And we came up with the idea from the um, Mel Gibson movies and took a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, he had some ideas with the different types of boots. And, uh, so after about six or seven weeks, we had come up with the, the images and then approached Vince and then we had our first match in the Meadowlands. And it didn't go, the matches went well, but it, the, the, the mystique didn't do very well because I had been in there as a mass superstar, so they had no recognition factor. But Randy had been in there as one of the Moondogs and their champions for a number of years. Very, you know, potent team. And everybody, as soon as he came through the curtain, recognized him. So we got back at the Meadowlands, and then we did the next night at Allentown. The same thing happened. So I simply told Randy, I said that, uh, I don't think this is gonna work. I can always go back as a mass superstar, and you can find another guy. I knew the character and the image was good, but it wasn't gonna work in that combination. And then Vince had approached me, and we had some conversations, and he made some suggestions. I said, they're all good guys, but it's the same thing's gonna happen. They were people who were in the WWF at that time and had a good run, good workers, but if they recognized Randy, they were going to recognize them. And then I met with Barry and they had already approached him about coming up.